Production support for Soundbites is made possible by listeners and by Coffee by Design, growing a business committed to community and sustainability locally and worldwide. Coffeebydesign.com. Welcome to Soundbites, true stories told by local Mainers and nationally recognized storytellers. The themes are always changing, and the hosts are from all over the nation, but when you hear the name Soundbites, you're in for a unique storytelling experience. Soundbites is brought to you by Frontier Studios and made possible by the generous contributions of Allagash Brewing Company, Frontier, The Press Hotel, Toad Co., and by the listeners of Maine Public Radio. This week's stories were told live at Frontier in Brunswick, where the event's dedicated theme was Green-Eyed Monster. Here's today's host, Brooklyn-based storyteller and director of Mothworks at the Moth, Kate Tellers. All right, let's go crazy for our first storyteller of the second half. Please welcome to the stage, Sama Abdurakim. So I recently went on a backpacking trip. It was a short and beautiful backpacking trip in down east Maine, the Cutler Coast Trail. It's beautiful, right? So it's a, an 11 mile loop and most of, the, most of the hike is along the coast. And so you get to see the rocky shoreline and just ocean, uninterrupted ocean as far as you can see. It's really beautiful. It's one of the most, I think one of the most beautiful spots in Maine. And um, there are campsites halfway through the loop. And my friend and I, we were going to hit the trail early in the morning and uh, hike into the campsite, sleep under the stars, and hike the rest of the loop the next morning. Spoiler alert, the trip was a disaster. It was terrible. Um, It was mostly me just awash in tiny tears and hating all hiking ever. Um, And I spent most of the trip just feeling shame and um, and just a lot of envy. So before I talk about the trip, I'm gonna say a few words about strength um, and about bodies. So you may not be able to tell, looking at me from down there, but I used to be a very physically strong person. Um, and I developed and uh, was committed to being physically strong because when I was young, I hated my body. I was socialized to hate my body. I was short and fat and black, um, and I was not taught that my body was, uh, was beautiful or capable. And so to combat those feelings, I, when I was 19, I dove into weightlifting, and I liked it. Uh, when I was about, in my early 20s, around 21, I, got, um, I started taking Taekwondo, and I found out that I liked it, and I was really good at it. I found, I learned that I build and built and developed muscle pretty quickly. I was strong and I was powerful. I can remember um, going to Taekwondo tournaments and getting into these sparring matches with these thin white women and I would demolish them. It was very satisfying. So I was really um, very and proud of my capability. I learned to really value my strength. Um, and eventually I got really, I got really serious with weightlifting. I used to um, follow weightlifting routines and books. I watched all the videos about how to protect, per, perfect my deadlift and my, my push press, my one arm snatch. Um, when I moved to Maine, I joined like a crappy gym. I used to live in Brunswick when I first moved to Maine and I joined this crappy dirty gym, it was amazing. And when I moved to Portland, I joined a boot camp gym. 
And I um, found myself a buddy, a buddy to keep me accountable with my workouts, an accountability buddy. Isn't that clever? <laughs> so, and I feel like I should name my accountability buddy now because she's the only person other than me in this story, and she happens to be my backpacking buddy. Uh, her name is Kate. I was going to do this thing where I was like, let's call her Bait or Great, but I'm just going to say her name. Her name is Kate. And um, in our accountability, accountability buddy relationship, I was the one who was motivated. I was the one who had the stamina, the endurance. I was the one who was strong. Kate would uh, talk to our mutual friends about what a powerhouse I was while I was there. She would talk about this in my presence. And I'm not one to like, you know, feel uh, full of myself, but I have to admit that it felt real good. I would kind of be coy and go, you know, it's fine. But like, it was very, very important to me. Um, so, and um, Kate was not someone who lifted weights. She used to always be afraid of lifting weights. And I used to say things like, oh, you start out light, and then eventually you get strong, like me. Um, so, you know, as you can tell, I felt like I was the um, Until I got sick, and I wasn't anymore. So the first time I got sick was in 2015, and I was diagnosed with a very rare sarcoma. Um, I call it my boutique cancer. It's very top shelf. Um, and it's a sarcoma that um, normally affects uh, young white men ages, I think, 13 to 25. I am none of those things, but that's the cancer I got. I'm very special. Um, and for whatever reason, I got through two years of treatment, of all sorts of treatment under the sun, um, fairly unscathed. It's kind of remarkable. I would, um, when my white blood cell count was high enough, I would go to boot camp. When I was feeling low energy, I would work out at home. I felt um, very, I was kind of amazed at my capability. Kate was also amazed at my capability. Um, and that was, that was roughly two years ago. I've been two years cancer-free. Um, But recently, recently I got sick again, just for a week this time. Um, not that long ago, it was early July, I got sick. I didn't eat for five and a half days. I have dubbed that week evacuation week because that's what it was like. Um, and so I didn't eat for five and a half days and I lost a lot of weight. Um, and with that weight, I lost a lot of muscle. So I became really weak and exhausted all the time. I shook a lot, I still shake a lot now. This was a few months ago. Um, I felt like my legs couldn't carry my weight. And, um, and I went from being able to squat a significant amount of weight, you know, barbell squat, to being able to squat like 55, 65 pounds. It was really disheartening. And all through that, my accountability buddy, she is solid gold. She was right there with me. She would tell me, you know, if you, she would tell me if I felt like I, my body couldn't handle waking, working out to just take it easy. She would encourage me to go to the gym with her. But, um, but as I was getting weaker, she was getting stronger. And uh, shortly after I was sick in July, we decided that we would start lifting weights together. And as I said, Kate was really anxious about lifting weights, but we decided um, that this was a thing we would do together. And I was excited to try to work on gaining, getting my strength back. Um, and it turns out, 
Kate is very good at lifting weights. Kate is very good at lifting weights. Um, she, would, uh, she was quickly getting stronger, and I just kept feeling like I was getting weaker and weaker. I would have to ask her to help me lift weights off of myself when I'm doing the bench press. It was very humiliating. And I have to be honest about that. It's, it was really humiliating for this person who admired me for my strength to have to, um, uh, to be getting stronger and have to help me with my weightlifting. Um, and it's just this weird thing to be jealous of your friend because you want the best for them, you want them to be happy, you want them to be healthy, you want to be proud of your friend, and so you feel all of the shame about being jealous of your friend, and you're angry at yourself for being jealous of your friend, but you can't tell them that because you want to maintain the relationship. It's just, you know, you, it's a little weird if you talk to them about your jealousy about them. So you end up just stuffing all of these feelings, and you just stuff them, and then you, they kind of sit in you and make you heavy, and you're full of, you know, you're just caught in this inertia. And to be honest, that's where I've been since July. Um, Kate's been working out, lifting, getting stronger, and sometimes I come along, but I'm mostly stuck in inertia. I'm mostly feeling just that cycle of shame and envy, a little bit of damaged pride. So that's where I've been since July. So what do I decide to do? I decide to go backpacking with Kate. I decide that it's a great idea for the two of us um, to shove our packs full of a bunch of and walk for five to six miles for two days straight. I think it's, it's just brilliant. So, it's just a brilliant idea. So I love Kate. Kate is like one of the most important people in my life, and so I knew that the, that the walk would be, the hike would be good in that kind of way, in that kind of bonding way. Uh, so we hit the trail, the Cutler Coast Trail, at around nine o'clock in the morning, and we've hiked before, we've hiked together, we've done pretty, some pretty intense hikes together, but the second I hit the trail, I immediately regret it, like immediately. Um, about five or 10 minutes in, I'm feeling like I can't do this anymore. So my, my, my legs feel a little strong, but I'm like shaking, my body's reverberating. And um, of course, I don't tell Kate this. So I'm hiking behind Kate because I don't want her to hear me cussing and <laughs> and kind of whimpering. So I'm walking behind Kate, and every now and then she'll look back and she'll check to see if I'm okay, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll let's rest for one minute and I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. So the beginning of the hike was, that's what it was like. We would walk for about 10 minutes or so. I would sit down and rest, and then for about two minutes, and then we'd get up and we'd get, we'd get started again. And I, um, to kind of cope with this terrible feeling that I'm having, this feeling of, of shame and some envy because I have to say that Kate is not sweating. I'm like drenched in sweat and breathing heavily and she's just, she's not really bounding, but it looks like she's just bounding along. <laughs> so to try to distract myself, I try to focus on nature. I love nature, I love being in the outdoors and the, Cutler Co the, um, the scenery at the Cutler Coast, on the Cutler Coast Trail is really gorgeous. It's, um, it's uh, really wet there and um, it's really shaded and so there are all these different textures of green and all of this, all of these um, different mushrooms that I'm looking at and ooh, look at that mushroom right there, it's an orange mushroom and it's like, looks like it's kind of fluorescent and Kate is in front of me taking pictures and bending down and looking at all the scenery and I like, I know that I can't bend down to look at the mushroom because one, I can't stop because if I stop I'm just going to fall over and two, I can't bend down. My pack would just 
fall over my back and I would just end up in the muck. Um, so like I said, it went on like that for quite some time. About one mile in, I decide that I actually had had enough. So in the beginning of the hike, I was doing like, I'm not an optimist, but I was doing like that optimistic self-talk. I was like, come on, you got it, you're strong, keep going. Uh, very quickly, that turned into kind of this whimpering, like, I can't, <laughs> I can't. But, you know, Kate can't hear that because she's in front of me, but I'm really... <laughs> so about one mile in, I was like, that's it, I can't do that. I sat down on a rock and... Um, I was really sweaty, so maybe Kate couldn't see that I had like tears, like tiny tears, but I was really having tiny tears. And so Kate offered to carry my pack. What do you think I said? I said no. <laughs> I said no because, um, you know, I have all of this pride around what my body can and can't do. And so I was willing to just keep trying to push myself, and I wasn't really uh, willing to admit that I couldn't keep going, and I didn't want Kate to feel, to, to uh, know that I was the pathetic one. I didn't want um, people passing us to think that they had to help us. All my pride got in the way, and so I said no. So we went back and forth like that for a while, and eventually I acquiesced, um, and she, and I think she said to me at that time, she was like, well, I can carry your packet. You know, I'm doing all right so far. I'm not even sweating yet. <laughs> so she put my pack on the front, and her pack on the back, and all I had were these hiking poles. I don't even know why I had the hiking I have no weight, there's no, anyway. Um, and that's how, we, that's how we covered the next, um, the next three quarters of a mile. So we come through, you, at the Cutler Coast um, on that trail, you're in the woods for about, for about one and three quarters of a mile, and you come out, and you're in this, um, there's still trees, the trees, trees thin out a bit, and you can look over the edge of the world. It's just really beautiful. Now, mind you, we were supposed to be hiking five miles in. We get to the, to the opening, and we immediately say, this is where we're camping. We're gonna camp right here. We're not gonna camp in the designated spot. We're gonna camp right here. Uh, when the sun starts to set, that's when we'll set up camp. So, so that's what we did, and it was really beautiful. Um, the next morning, the same thing happened. We were able to walk about, I was able to carry my pack for about a mile, and then Kate took over. And, um, and we booked it out of there very early in the morning. We got to the car, I pooped in the weird toilet, and then, <laughs> and then we had breakfast at Helen's in Machias. People know Helen's? Yeah, Helen's. They rebuilt, it's a beautiful place. Um, and that was it. Then we, you know, we talked, Kate and I talked about how terrible the hike was and blah, 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 but I never told Kate that I spent the majority of that hike watching her back as she's like just having no problem and I'm like behind her dragging it. Didn't tell her I felt, um, I spent the majority of that hike just roiling with, um, with envy and some shame. And I'm still trying to figure out ways that I can manage those feelings because I want to keep working out. I want Kate to still be my accountability buddy, and I can't, um, and I can't let myself get discouraged because my friend Kate is getting stronger as I'm getting weaker. And so I haven't figured out how to do that yet, other than just um, leaning into her support and letting her support me as I'm trying to figure out uh, what my body can do now and trying to figure out how to be patient with myself. Um, and after that, after that hike, that terrible, terrible hike, we decided we're gonna try again next year. Um, 
And fingers crossed, I will be ready to at least hike three miles. That's my hope. Thank you. Samadora Kib was raised in the land of Buckeyes, Ohio, spent eight years in the land of Derry, Wisconsin, and moved to the land of lobsters in August 2010. She spent three years teaching gender and women's studies at Bowdoin College and transitioned into the nonprofit world in 2013 and has been on that grind ever since. Sama currently works at the Maine Coalition to End Domestic Violence. She enjoys birding, hiking, and being outdoors, facilitating reading groups for the Maine Humanities Council and coaching leaders of color. Sama loves black and brown and queer and trans people. She also loves her adult kitten, Stashel Hammett, resident charmer, and most adorable feline in the world. If you want to know more about today's storyteller, well, you're in luck. Let's join our host backstage, now in conversation with today's teller. What is your connection to Maine? Um, that's a great question. I moved to Maine in 2010. Um, it was my, my first job out of graduate school was a teaching job at Bowdoin College. Um, and I liked it so much that I decided to stay even after the job was over. Excellent. I have cousins that went to Bowdoin. How do you prepare for being on stage? What's your process? I, um, I tend to rehearse, but not too much because if I, if I rehearse too much, then I think that uh, I'm wedded to those words and it makes me anxious. So I tend to rehearse a little bit and then um, just hope it goes okay. <laughs> then we hope. Tell us some nugget or detail that is connected to your story but that won't be in it or didn't make the final cut. Let's see. Um, I talk about weightlifting. Um, and I used to be able to squat my body weight, although I can't anymore. So that's, my, that's the nugget. Wow. Okay. All right. Excellent. Soundbites is brought to you by Frontier Studios and made possible by the generous contributions of Allagash Brewing Company, Frontier, The Press Hotel, Toad & Co., and by the listeners of Maine Public Radio. Special thanks also to GWI and Downey's Pension Services. More information about Soundbites, including how to attend a live storytelling event, can be found online at soundbitesme.org. And of course, you can always hear more stories at mainpublic.org. Thanks for listening.